on Macquarie Radio NTS. This is What's Cooking with Nerida Conway, bringing you a tasty assortment of all things food and wine. Hello and welcome to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway and on today's show we're going to be chatting to Natalie O'Brien who's the CEO from the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Can't wait for that program to come out. Also chef and restaurateur Teague Ezard about his latest venture. He's got so many on the go. Wine writer extraordinaire Ross Kite-Powell who's just so interesting to listen to and Dennis Karacha who's the Epicure's executive pastry chef talking about the gingerbread village for Christmas. How gorgeous with all the money going to make a wish and your curly questions with Ian Curly. Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway. Hello and thanks for listening to Nerida Conway on Macquarie Radio NTS, What's Cooking? Now, very excited to have this beautiful lady sitting beside me today, Natalie O'Brien, who's the Chief Executive Officer. 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 This early morning. Isn't that embarrassing? (laughs) Of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. How are you, Natalie? I'm incredibly well, thank you, Nerida. Oh, that's good. Well, I I honestly, I am surprised by how bushy-tailed and beautiful you do look, given how exhausted you must be, because we're about to go on sale and launch, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we love this time of year. We've spent all year um, searching around the world, chatting to chefs here in Melbourne and really creating what we think um, is a terrific program for March next year. So so exciting. Now, you personally have been very instrumental in growing the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Don't be bashful because we think you're pretty amazing to have done that. And there's more than 200,000 people that go to the different events and sort of take part each year. Absolutely. Look, it's, it's 24 years next year for Melbourne Food and Wine and really the thing I love most about it is it's curated by the industry of Victoria. Mm-hmm. So each year we go out to industry and we say, what would you like to create that's unique and beautiful and a memorable experience? And from the farmers to the baristas to the chefs and winemakers, they have put together a really beautiful program. And each year, one of the things that we've really noticed is that the audience is getting younger and older yes. at the same time. And I think that's a reflection of food and wine. It relates to really Everybody. young children right the way through to connoisseurs that have been you know drinking and enjoying wine for 50 odd years. That's so so great and how did you personally decide to get involved with food and wine like how did it come about? I think food and wine for me is a little bit in the blood. My I come from four generations of hoteliers and uh, my grandmother ran a hotel in Geelong until she was 93. Oh, isn't that the way? And so, yeah, so I, th- I, you know, I think being around, you know, we used to work in the hotel and look after customers. And, There's uh, no one tougher than a hotelier, especially well, a country right. one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so, you know, I think in a lot of ways I feel really privileged to have this role of working with the industry, both here in Victoria, but also the chefs and winemakers from overseas to create what we say is a celebration for 10 days of what's here 365 days ah. of the year. And, you know, I, I think it's a real honour. Oh, it's so exciting. So uh, I personally find that it can be a little bit overwhelming. So I get my program and I see the ads and everything and I just kind of shut down with excitement and then I kind of go, okay, I don't really know Help. what to do. Yeah, look, <laughs> and I think, Nerida, we, we encourage people to grab a coffee or indeed a glass of wine if it's later in the evening to read through the copy and um, we this year have devised some new categories because we feel like um, it is sometimes hard to navigate through and we've divided into sections 
mentions that if you are more in the family mode, uh, there is a section of things to do with family that are, you know, um, much more accessible. Mm. And then, of course, if you're into hardcore classes, um, there's a whole section on that as well. Mm. So hopefully the dividing up of sections makes it a little bit easier. But it's more about the choice. (laughs) Well, that's right. I mean, there are certainly a lot of um, customers who come to the festival who really go through the program from start to finish. Oh, wow. Because it's really sometimes the little gems of events that Mm. might be only for five or six people that really are quite beautiful. And, um, you know, and and I think it's really the opportunity to take the time to go through the program and pick out what might be really perfect for you. That sounds good. Now, just quickly, can you highlight a couple of your... Um, stand out, exciting. I mean, I know that they're all exciting. It's Absolutely. like trying to pick a favourite child, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And look, there are a couple of very exciting ones. There are a couple of special things going on. One of the key things are that we're moving to the river. So from Federation Square right down to North Wharf, which is the latest part mm. of the river, there'll be whole lots of things to do um, from wine tasting to apple bobbing to uh, a big pizza festival coming out from Italy. A couple of little favourites for me is on opening night, there will be a, a party where some of the visiting international chefs will cook their comfort food, the dishes oh, that they would like to have when have they to finish work. to go to that work. for sure. That's a must. Sounds amazing. Um, there are other parts of the program where we will have um, chefs yet to be announced who are going to appear and be part of the program. So watch out on the website for those because that also is the very special part of the festival is chefs mm-hmm. just dropping in. And then finally, we're building an urban dairy in the middle of the city oh my goodness. to celebrate everything from ricotta cheese to hard cheeses to ice cream. And Whereabouts jam is that? That um, there is going to be at Queensbridge Square, which is a blank canvas every year. Okay. And each year we turn it into something special. And we think in Victoria, everybody is either related to a dairy farmer or been on a dairy farm. So I think the or urban dairy <laughs> or eats cheese or in fact ice cream. Yeah. So we think the urban dairy is, it'll be open every day of the festival, will be a really good one for people to head to. Fantastic. That is awesome. Now, you've got some international chefs coming out as well. We have. We um, Each year we, we scour the world to find the most inspiring and interesting chefs. Uh, we have um, two Italian risotto brothers coming out. We have some um, chefs coming out from Asia, some really young chefs that are doing some really interesting things. We were talking earlier about Danish chefs and, of course, we have rep- representation from Denmark with Paul Cunningham coming out from uh, Denmark as well. And, of course, we have a number of um, local chefs that will be part of the program, um, either from just doing dinner to an actual class. Oh, that's so exciting. Gosh, I, I'm, once again, you haven't helped me though. No offence, but you've just made it more confusing. <laughs> uh, there certainly is, and I think that's the thing, is that if, in fact, you are a wine person, there is a whole area for wine. Oh. We've identified a new space in Melbourne called the Glass House, and from mid-morning till the end of the day, there is a whole variety of wine classes that you can participate in. We've got some visiting Bordeaux winemakers and some Oregon winemakers. And I think the thing is that there are so many incredible experiences that um, will suit anyone's uh, palate or interest. It's awesome. And I've got to just quickly say, because we are being wrapped up, but... The sponsors make it happen because people probably think Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is rolling in the cash. 
Not you, so. I think um, we're a pretty small team um, in, and we live at Paran Market, which we love. But I think one of the great things about the festival is the investment from the industry that yes. are here and, in fact, all of the sponsors and partners. And, We've um, got Bank of Melbourne. Bank of Melbourne is our presenting partner and, and a number of and important... And Host Plus. Host Plus yeah. and the State Government of Victoria. And oh, aren't they great? With those partnerships, you can deliver something quite big and something yeah. quite international. And I think that, um, you know, we all should be proud living here in Victoria of what we can do when we work together. And they're so excited too because I'm seeing them letting people know as well. So it's just, it's a really symbiotic thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And we sort of say mm. that all good deals in, in business, in partnership happen over a, a good meal, a glass of wine. And we say a lot of the contracts happen on a oh. back of a napkin or a, a, a beer coaster <laughs> because that's what we do in Melbourne is we do a lot of business around food and wine. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on as our guest to tell us all about the food and Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Can I ask you to come back on? when the festival I launches would love and bring to. some of our your fan, fantastic guests to share what they're doing with us. Absolutely. We would love to bring oh, our visiting chefs so and winemakers. Thank, Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. You're listening to What's Cooking with Nerida Conway. And I'm joined in the studio by Teague Izard, who's chef and restaurateur extraordinaire. How are you, Teague? <laughs> Good morning, Nerida. How are you? Very <laughs> well, great. thank you. Great. Now, you are undoubtedly one of the, I think, the most talented chefs we have in the country and also a very talented businessman. And it's very, very hard for the two to go hand in hand. Yes, it is. That's a lovely compliment. Thank you, by the way. Um, look, it, I mean, cooking and, and running a few restaurants does very different, though. Does, does require different skills. Yes, absolutely. And I think um, particularly a lot, of, a lot of young up-and-coming chefs out there have a fantasy, and I say that not disrespectfully, but they have a fantasy about owning their own restaurant in their own venue and being the chef as well. And uh, have you got a little bit of advice for those people? Look, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> no, no. Look, as simple as it is, um, there's a there's a few there's a lot of books on the market that mm. actually can can teach you yeah, um, right. some small small business kind of uh, you know um, tricks and tricks of the trade. So I think reading is a very very good good way to actually get some knowledge. And do you think they should work for other people as well first to get a feel for what it's like? Generally. Working for a good operator can give you a very good grounding mm. um, on how a business is run, mm. and and sh I mean for the operator too to sort of share some sort of mentoring and 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 the reporting side of the business also helps. Mm. Well, tell me, tell, tell our listeners. Um, I obviously know because I'm busting to sort of discuss one of your latest ventures, which I'm excited about. Mm. But tell our listeners about your venues. Sure. Okay. Well, we've got Ezard in Flinders Lane mm -hmm. that opened in August '99, and almost seems like brilliant. A, such a long time ago. Um, and we opened up uh, Ginger Boy after that. Um, Those son-in-law eggs. Yes. Yeah. The son-in-law eggs are very popular. They are crazily good. <laughs> you don't want to kind of put the whole thing in your gob and shut. You know, trying to have a conversation though. No. Because the expert's on to the next That's person. right. There's a certain trick, <laughs> a, a certain method of eating those. Yes. Um, and then we opened uh, The Black by Ezard at the Star in Sydney okay. in 2000. How's that been going? It's been going fantastic. Mm. Yeah, very well. That was in 2011. And just recently, we've just opened up uh, Ezard at Leventine Hill. Woohoo! In the Arrow Valley. Mm. Now, I've got to say, I went out there last week and... Um, just a, a fluke. I kind of drove by, saw it, thought, oh, I've been meaning to go there. I've heard that it's opened up. Called in with a girlfriend, very unplanned. And um, I left, we left nearly swapping numbers with all the staff because they were so divine. Mm. I, I just honestly, it's, it's very rare for me to rave so highly about a place. Um, but the setup is beautiful. I mean, you're in the Yarra Valley, so what can go wrong? Um, but, and obviously the food without 
it goes without saying the food was fantastic. I had truffle mushroom risotto. Mm -hmm. It was very good. And uh, the wines were superb. In fact, one of the Chardonnays there is probably one of the best Chardonnays I've ever tried. Yeah, they've got some crackers. Yes. Um, but as I, as I keep saying, the staff really made the experience for me. Mm. The beautiful girl whose name's Kelly, can I give her a little plug? She sure was so thing. good. Um, she was doing the tastings. And, you know, she was kind of saying things like, now, what do you like to drink? So I said, well, I'm a Chardonnay drinker. And then she'd say, okay, well, I'm not going to tell you or let you know what you're drinking and I want you to try to work it out. Mm. And she basically proved to me that even though I thought I'm a bit of a wine guru, I know nothing. Because I'm saying, oh, no, this is definitely, definitely a Sav Blanc. And she's saying, no. <laughs> it's quite funny. The wonderful thing about Levantine Hill is that um, obviously Paul Bridgman, who's a fantastic winemaker, mm. and myself have come together. Mm. And, uh, I mean, um, part of that is is there's a wealth of knowledge that um, that the staff do pick up between mm. the food and the wine. So they, they are very, very well-versed in, in um, describing the food and the wine. Yeah, that was so good. And you obviously have to plan your menu around the wines there as well, somewhat. Yes, that's right. We've taken the approach to match each dish with each wine. Yes. So, um, so for us, it's about getting into the winemaker's head, which yeah. is Paul, and extracting some information from Paul, really on some of the key notes and, and the elements of each particular wine. Yeah. And then we apply that as the main sort of character for each dish, and then off we go. Okay. Now, uh, we've just been chatting to Natalie O'Brien, who's the CEO of Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Tell us about your involvement. Yeah, sure. Well, we're running uh, a few sort of special dinners uh, with uh, with the festival next year. The first mm-hmm. one is um, Ezard. It will be a dinner about Flinders Lane and its its heritage and oh. where, where it all started from 1837. How fun will that be? Mm. So that'll be an interesting dinner. Um, Ginger Boy is going back to its grassroots of Romeo Lane, mm-hmm. you know, the, the old red light yes. district. So we'll have a burlesque show going on as well. We'll be blocking off uh, off the lane f- um, for, that, for that day. Okay. Fantastic. Um, Black by Ezard. Well, sorry, that's in Sydney. Uh, Levantine Hill, we're running a family block uh, dinner, which oh, is a family block wine. So that's right. Okay. So. And so what's happening there? Just sitting around, music. I love the music, by the music, way. Music, degustation, um, all, all sort of on a fixed price. So mm. they'll be showcasing some of the best wines um, at Levantine Hill. Oh, that's fantastic. Incidentally, if you can't get out to Levantine Hill, Levin, Levantine Hill where can you get the wines? Can you get them online? Armadale sellers um, okay. sell them and also you can buy online. Okay, great. So for our interstate um, listeners, for example, they can get them online. Absolutely. But also, what a great excuse when you come to Melbourne to go out to the Yarra Valley and enjoy. Absolutely. The only thing I will say that I will complain to you about is the choppers that were there didn't offer to take me home. <laughs> that was a little bit selfish, I thought. Yeah. I could have had a few more to drink if I had have just had the nod from them. Or, or maybe you should have tapped the driver on the, uh, on the shoulder. <laughs> Especially if they could have somehow clipped my car to the chopper and flown <laughs> me and the car home. Stroke of genius, that would have been. Absolutely. <laughs> so do people just sort of chopper? I mean, honestly, pe- to the people listening at home, uh, it's like beautiful red glossy choppers, like something out of a kind of a lifestyles of the rich and famous that mm. are parked there. So obviously people do fly in and fly out. Yes, we do. We uh, we use microflight heli service and microflight actually we, we run packages as well. So okay. you can actually have a wine, food and flight package. Do you have to sell a kidney to do that? Because it oh, just no. seems insane. No, I think um, it's, it's, it's actually quite economical Is when, it? when you get a group of six. Oh, wow. Know, okay. So, That's yeah. good to know. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. Okay, well, it's just super exciting. So um, get down there if you haven't been. And um, what are your favourite picks coming up for the – you can't say your own because that would be too obvious for food and wine. Well, I kind of like 
Natalie's lead with the international chefs. I think uh, I think more in particular for a lot of the chefs in Melbourne, yeah. seeing international talent um, in our city kind of inspires them to sort of want to do and want to be. So yes. I think um, I think it's that international influence that that, that really really gives a big sort of uh, you know in, injection into into our industry, and uh, it's always good going and seeing some of those guys cook. Okay. Well, I agree. I agree with that. Um, what's your, just very quickly, one last question. What's your favourite dish at Ginger Boy? My favourite dish at Ginger Boy? Well, you know, those, uh, those hot chicken ribs are pretty good with the, yes. with, with, the, um, yeah, with the tamarind and the chilli. I love them. Yeah. And do you go overseas very often to kind of hone your skills? Yes, I was overseas just recently through Italy and uh, and, and France. Okay. That, that was more of a. More That's not very Asian, though. No, no, it was more of a <laughs> a gastro tour of uh, Michelin star restaurants. Oh, half your luck! <laughs> I just call that a junket. Sort of. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been so good to talk to you. Um, we're going to have you back on, just so you know, because I think you've got a lot more to share with us as things Great. go down. Things go down. Is that okay? Very happy to know. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our show. This has been Tia Giza. You're on What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS.